So last month we hosted an amazing women's event called The Pursuit and we have been doing this podcast series going a little deeper with the stories that were shared from the women who were talking about God's relentless pursuit of them in the midst of unmet expectations or through loss or basically just life not being how they thought it would go. And so today I'm super excited to continue the series with my friend Andrea Roberts, who's here. And we're just going to chat a little bit about her story of God's pursuit in her life. So Andrea, a lot of ladies or peeps listening were not at the event. So can you give me just a couple bullet points about what you shared? Yes, absolutely. So part of my story starts off with just being able to really see that I was early on able to get things without um, much hard work, with just hard work in my life. Mm -hmm. I was able to accomplish things. I had recognition. And I really was actually finding my identity in those things. And so when those things were taken out from under me, I was trying to have to piece together in my mind just what it meant to find joy where the Lord had me. And in different Mm -hmm. seasons of my life, whether it was starting my career or getting married and moving and being there for seven years and then moving again, Mm -hmm. each one of those seasons was a chance for me to really have to learn to fight for joy Mm -hmm. and choose joy. So when you say that you didn't have to work super hard at, you know, achieving things was something that was just kind of in you to do, I'm going to assume you were a really great student. (laughs) Were you a good student in school? I was, and I would find my identity in just outworking people. I worked hard for my grades. I worked hard in the athletics I was in and was a part of, and I could just find myself just wanting, um, to do and be the best. Mm -hmm. And so what did you study in college? I actually studied education. Okay. And so is that what you're doing now? I am. You are. And so you fought really hard to be the best educator. I did. That you could possibly be. I did. And so through college, I worked really hard. I mean, my GPA, the programs I, I was able to attend and be recognized for, were great for that career. And so when I got out, I thought I was going to get this dream job right? that I'd worked for. And when that was taken out from under me and it did not work um, out the way I thought it would, I was really struggling. Mm. I struggled. I love how you talked earlier about like I moved somewhere and then seven years moved Again, and so I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to picking up their life and moving somewhere, whether that's due to like a job change or they're in the military or something like that. I have lived in the same place since I was in the fourth grade. Oh, So I cannot imagine all the overwhelmedness, that's maybe a new word, that I would feel needing to move somewhere and how terrifying that would be. And you kind of shared in your story um, at the event that it was kind of terrifying to you because you were leaving family, friends in an area you had been in. So how did you see the Lord at work when you first knew 
that you were moving away? Were you scared, sad? Like, talk to us about that. Oh, I was <laughs> absolutely scared. I had lived and grown up in this town. And cho- I had chosen to stay and, and um, complete my college degree in this town. <laughs> so I was very familiar with it. I was uh, comfortable. And I knew what my life would look like in this town. And so when we, when Bruce came to me to let me know that um, the Lord was calling him to a church in Mississippi, I was really struggling. I remember just really having to battle those thoughts in my heart of this discontentment. I want to stay here. Why would we move? We right. don't know anyone. Uh, we just had a baby and it was comfortable. It was familiar. We're going to move somewhere where we're not going to know people and we're going to be starting over. And for someone who's lived in a place their whole life, it's a really hard thing to come to to understand. Oh yeah, How my stomach's move? like upset hearing you talk about it. <laughs> so, um, I just knew in those in that moment I was really going to have to battle the thoughts in my head. Mm and take them captive and really replace them with the truth that God's word tells us that he would not leave us or forsake us and that he is sovereign over this mm-hmm. and I really this was the first time you know it's easy to submit to your husband's leadership until it's not something you want to do <laughs> <laughs> bingo and right that's this, a challenge this was the first time that I really was questioning is this really what God wants us to mm-hmm. do? Um, and are we are we really doing what is right? Oh, my goodness. You also said that you had a brand new baby. So it's leaving everything you'd always known, your career being there, opportunities for career there that you really loved and were excited about. So when you did move to Mississippi and you have this new baby and no friends and you're starting over, how did you navigate the first month? I think that would be encouraging to people that are listening that maybe are facing a move or they've just moved and they're wanting to know, how did, how did you just do month one? Well, I mean, I really had to just battle those thoughts of wanting what I was leaving behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to really think about not wallowing in what I did not have and trust that the Lord would be with me in what would be hard, uh, what would seem crazy, or when defeat would creep in, you know. And I just really even remember <laughs> early on, Bruce had this friend that I was supposed to meet, and he was trying to set us up almost like on a play date to meet. And I was like, I do not want to do that with another grown woman. I don't need to make friends. Um, But I did. And so I met her, and she became, still to this day, one of the dearest friends in my life. Mm -hmm. She walked this new mom and very early in her life, pastor's wife, through what it really meant to study God's word and to meditate on it and memorize it. And she and I were in a Bible study together, and through that we formed a friendship that is irreplaceable still Mm. to this day. We talk to each other every day on the phone. 
And it really is uh, neat how the Lord worked all that out because she was just coming to be my friend. So she was coming to this Bible study. And through this, we became dear friends. And she is multiple seasons ahead of me. So now she has two kids in college, one in high school. Of course, I still have elementary school kids. And just the bond that we have where she's able to remind me of God's faithfulness in my life and where he has me and how he has been faithful to her. And so we really just were able to hold each other accountable in in this. That is so precious. It's like God's gift to you and in being obedient and moving that God does provide for us along the way. Wherever he calls us, he's going to equip us. And he helped equip you through this woman that you were set up with (laughs) on a play date. Yep. Who is still so precious to you. So I think it's good to recognize when we're in that hard spot what God is doing. Because he is at work. Yes. And you said you didn't want to get stuck with the regret um, of leaving, you know, where you had lived or the, the looking back and, and wishing things were the way they used to be. Um, when you said you had, um, submitted, like just surrendered the plans that you had because Bruce had a calling from the Lord and you trusted Bruce with this, what did surrender look like, um, for you? Like, was there a, a place in time in your mind where it just clicked that we've got to move forward or was it more of like just little things over time? Does that make any sense? Like that moment of surrender, how, how do you know you've come to that? Well, I remember a very specific night where I, before we moved, I woke Bruce in the middle of the night and had tears streaming down my face. And he's like, what is going on? She might be losing it. Um, and I just said, you know, Bruce, I have a piece. Mm. And he's just like, okay. I'm like, no, I really, you know, I can't figure out in my mind why I have a piece. But I'm feeling peace from the Lord in this move. And I, I'm, I know it has to be from him. Like, I, I can't create that piece my, on my own because it doesn't make sense in my mind why right. we're even moving. Exactly. But I'm okay. I think we're going to be okay together starting over, like starting our, our life together right. with a baby and at a new church and with new friends far away from family. And I just remember that distinct moment in our life, in my life, and the Lord just... You know, giving me the peace that trust him and follow him and be intentional where you are, where I've placed you. That's huge. So let's be transparent for one moment. Okay. So I've been there too, or you've come to that place of like surrendering to the plans that God would have for you, even if they're different than what you've come to. Is it always easy after that? Oh, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think, well, now I've surrendered. I'm choosing obedience. And so now everything should fall into place and things should go easy. I wish that was the, the case. Uh, you know, but it was a daily battle. Okay. Every day right. there were different circumstances that would arise. 
And I would lean into what I knew was true and what um, the Lord had shown me in his faithfulness to Mm -hmm. us. And I really had to choose to walk in that steadfastness. I really was choosing to be joyful where he had us. Right. And when you say you were, you know, choosing to lean into what is true, were you leaning, was that truth like about who God was, what his word said, a combination of all of them? So if people that are listening are looking like, how do I choose that truth for myself? What are some of like those things that you resonated with in your head that helped you keep moving forward? It, it was being in his word. Mm. Uh, I truly believe that. And I shared this in our um, women's event, but um, something I heard somebody say once before was my theology became my doxology. And I remember hearing that, and it wasn't until this point in my life I made that connection, and I thought, my study of God and knowing who he is and what his word says about him and his character Mm -hmm. is what is going to be able to help me take that next step forward each day. It really is going to be my song of praise. It didn't mean that my day got easier or that things just magically fell into place, but it meant that I was able to remind myself of his word, his truths, and I could persevere on. I could take that next step. Yes, which is so powerful. And a lot of times when we are in the midst of something hard, our Bible stays shut. Too many times. And that's where we find the unchanging truth of who the Lord is, that he is sovereign, that he's faithful, that he's in control that he has a plan, you know, all of those things that don't change in the midst of our worlds that are changing is that solid ground that we can put our feet on. And so I love how you're reminding us, you know, the surrender came, but it was a daily thing. And the only thing that helped me keep putting one foot in front of the other was to spend time in God's word to really know who he is and how he loves me. And that's what helped, which I think is incredibly powerful You talk a lot about fighting for joy, which I love, and choosing joy. And it is a choice. We equate joy with happiness so many times, and they're completely different. Joy is a much deeper, resonating, um, almost fact where our happiness is based on circumstance, feelings, and things that are fleeting. So how would you encourage those who are listening to choose joy or fight for joy in their own life in whatever season they're facing? Well, choosing joy means that we believe that God will work things together for for our good Mm -hmm. and his glory. And it doesn't mean that they will go according to plan all the time or that I'll be happy. And, you know, happiness doesn't equate to joy, just like you said, It really just means that the Lord is shaping us with his grace and growing us in holiness to reflect who he is Mm -hmm. and his character. And it, it's okay to be, to really have to fight for joy, even when you're sad, like you're, you're pressing into who God is. And it's, it's just these seasons where you really just have to fight and be joyful in remembering who God is. 
where he is, where he is working in your life and come from a heart of gratitude. Look back and see what he's done in your life to pull you to that point. Right. And recounting that faithfulness of God. I love how in the Old Testament people would build altars for wherever, you know, a place where God answered a prayer or did something miraculous because they wanted a visual reminder of God's faithfulness and what he done, not only for themselves, but for other people. And although we don't build little stone altars, you know, all around anymore, I think we have them in our heart and in our head. And so when you're talking about fighting for joy or choosing joy, it's remembering those small altars you've built of remembrance of God. Man, he's been faithful to Bruce and Bruce and I through this and he was faithful in my life, you know, at this point and this point. And so if he's always been faithful, he's always going to be faithful. And I'm counting on that. You know, I'm claiming that promise of his. Yes. And and when I looked back, I mean, his faithfulness was so evident. And just the friendships he had given me, a really intentional discipleship group of five women from five very different seasons of life. Um, he gave me a new teaching job that would look so different, you know, and and this was helping to replace my sadness with his truth and his joy, which became my joy. Right. Well, we're not in Mississippi anymore. Right. Right. So you, he moved you to Mississippi. You were there for seven years, correct? We were. God did amazing things. And you had found this new love for this new area. And then God calls you to move yet again and bring you here. So what does life look like today? And maybe looking back to where you are now and where you have been, what what are some of your biggest takeaways? So we are in Florida and in a different season. This season, I am teaching again full time. And I had not done that since graduating college. And so some of the biggest takeaways are I have 10 that I truly believe I want to share because they have been impactful in my own life. The first one is um, the Bible wins. When Mm. you are in God's word, when you are studying it, memorizing, meditating on it, I can't say that enough. This will help you see the idols of your heart, and it will help you to truly battle the lies the enemy would will try to put into your mind. Mm. And you have a weapon to go against those. And I think when we don't know God's word, it's hard to see not only our own idols, but to battle right. that. Right. And and so I always like one of the things we say in our home is the Bible wins. And so knowing the Bible is what helps that. The second thing is something we say in our own house is we just recount, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I say this in my classroom at school because I tell the kids, why, you know, what is so important about this? And one of the things that we share is that this day has never existed before and it won't exist again, and you get to be a part of it, and Mm. I get to be a part of it. And it holds us accountable to not take things for granted, be intentional where you are, and invest where you are. That'll preach right there. That is good. (laughs) The 
the next thing is share the gospel. Wherever the Lord has planted you, he's going to put opportunities in your life with others and share the gospel. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to miss a few opportunities, and that's okay. Just share. Share how the Lord has changed your life, where he has called you to, and people love to hear other people's stories, they do. your testimonies, your walk with Christ, and share it. Um, grow deeper in your faith. You know, we here at the church have our pathways, and one of the pathways is D groups, and we talk about just being intentional about growing deeper in your faith, but living a life also that allows for natural discipleship to take place. Be able to let people come in and see your messiness Mm. and not have it all together because that's where relationships really grow. Right. The next one is build relationships with people. Lean in and love people well. Uh, A quote that I've got hanging in my room is, all life-changing love is inconvenient. I think if it was easy to love people, we would, or people that we want to love, we're like, right. oh, this is easy. I can do this all day long. It's the times when it's inconvenient that really calls us um, to love well. Mm. Serve others. So serve others. And when I think about serving others, sometimes it's like, oh, I'll give to that. I'll just give my money to you. But serving others not only means with your money, it means with your time and your energy. And that allows you to take your focus off yourself and to meet others where they are. Uh, Romans 12.10, you know, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Mm -hmm. Have time for people. Be hospitable. Allow interruptions in your life. Do you ever have any of those? (laughs) (laughs) This is really hard for me. Like, this is the one the Lord continues to grow in me because I am a very scheduled person. I like to know all the details and everything still mapped out. And my husband is so good with go with the flow. And so, you know, this is just an area of my own life that I'm literally allowing interruptions because I can know when I come home from school what we're going to do from 3.30 to 8.30. And I know that there always could be a surprise at our door. And so really allow those interruptions in your life. Because they've been good, haven't they? They have. They have been good. A prioritize prioritize people over things um, because people are more important than things. Mm -hmm. And so that can be with our schedule. That can be with things, whatever that looks like. Try to prioritize people because God has built us for relationships. Yes. And be faithful and present where God has you. Giving your best for his glory with a heart of gratitude. Be an encourager to those around you and challenge them as they challenge you to live a life for God. Those are just those, those are the, But those are practical ways, you know, and, and people that are listening may be like, wow, that was 10 things. Take one. Oh, yeah. And start that one and see how God uses it in your life for wherever you're. Because sometimes we're in the midst of something hard or challenging or scary, you know, that unexpected that, you know, this whole event was built around. And we can kind of get so focused on self that we aren't looking around. But it's it's when we do look around to other people, investing in relationships, 
sharing God's word and how he's been faithful with other people that we realize it's just as much for us as it is for them. You know, because God Absolutely. does cause us to community mm-hmm. and living life with one another. And for people to see you're real and like, wow, she struggles too, um, I think is an encouragement. It helps keep cheering us on down the road. Absolutely. Yes. I am thrilled that you were here and you talked Thank with you. us today. <laughs> Thank you for your time. I love Thank you so you. much. I love you guys. All right.